This is the Better Reading Podcast platform with stories behind the story, Jane's Be Better Podcast, my book chat with Caroline Overington and more. Looking for a particular podcast? Remember, you can always skip to it. Welcome to the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story, brought to you by Belinda Audio. Listen to Belinda Audiobooks, anywhere, everywhere. Hi, this is Cheryl Arkell for the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story. We talk to authors about how they came to tell us their story. Jane Cockrum, welcome to Better Reading. Thank you for having me, Cheryl. Uh, it's such a pleasure. Um, we, um, we've been in the industry together, I guess. Yeah, for a long time. Well, you've been at it in the meantime. I've had yeah. a few years off now, but I've come back. Yeah, um, yeah. Yes, but we definitely shared the same history in some parts. Definitely. Okay, let me introduce you. Jane was born and educated in Australia where she studied journalism at RMIT, majoring in literature. After earning a postgraduate diploma in publishing and communication at Melbourne University, Jane then works in sales for Pam Macmillan. There we go. Great publishing company. And then as a fiction buyer at Borders. Wow. That's right. I know. Um, so does Borders still exist? No. Not, not at, at all. all. It's been completely absorbed now. Yeah. Mm. I think it was, was it absorbed by Barnes & Noble? Um, Angus and Robertson in Australia and yeah. I'm not sure in, um, in America. Okay. Anyway, they were great at the time and it was a great dream of her actually to be working in the book industry, I guess it was. Well, it's any reader's dream, isn't it, really, to go and read books essentially for a living. Although I do think that that's what people think you do all day. Oh, I know. I had this image before I worked in the industry of an open fireplace and a cup of tea by the fire and just unlimited reading time, which turned out to be completely misconstrued. Well, exactly. Um, I I think you might have been hitting the pavement in sales at Pam Macmillan. I was, You probably wouldn't have had a second to read and working at Borders would have been equally hard. No, well, you did have to love to read in your spare time because the the days were long and there wasn't time to read, obviously, during Mm. working hours. But if you're a reader, then that's how you relax at the end of the day. So the free books were a pretty good incentive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are lucky. I feel really, I mean, you know, every single day I feel lucky that I work in this industry. Yeah, it's great. Well, I guess writing a book is my way of, of trying to inveigle my way back in. Well, you, I mean, I feel as though that I've worked on both sides of the industry. I've worked in retail, of course, uh, and then I worked in publishing at Random House and then I'm you know, running my own business, better reading. But you've done a little bit more than me. You've worked in publishing, you've worked in retail, and now you're an author. You've covered the whole (laughs) spectrum. (laughs) Yes, I have to think what else I I can do. Yeah, yeah, you will actually. Uh, Cockrum spent a year living in the West Country of England where the House of Brides is set. Um, And it's still a daydream of her to return there. In the meantime, she resides in Melbourne with her husband and two children. The House of Brides is her debut novel. Wow. Okay, so I need to know how that came about. The writing of the novel. Well, I mean, is that where your career was headed? I guess because you've studied... I think I, I studied journalism coming out of school because I loved writing and at that stage... That was the career that felt to me the most obviously associated with writing. I didn't think of writing fiction as a career. I had to 
sneak in through journalism and, and kind of unpick it that way. And then I realised the world of publishing and that would introduce me to the world of books and writing. So did you work as a journalist? And I didn't. I actually discovered during the time I was studying journalism that I wasn't cut out for journalism. How I, often does that happen? Oh, <laughs> I know, I feel like it's a bit of a common thread, but I think I was probably discovered it pretty early on in, in the course. And luckily for me, I majored in literature so I could continue and my interest as I studied journalism and I always just knew that I would break away and go down that path as soon as I finished studying. Yeah. So, And I always just enjoyed the longer form journalism we did. Um, I wasn't very good at seeking the hard news stories. I think my big break was about a possum plague in a local park and that was about the peak of my <laughs> journalism career. So there were going to be no Walkley Awards in my future, I don't think. No, it is a, a totally different style, short form to long form, isn't it? It I is. Mean, well, and, and then there's writing a novel, which is long, long form, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And I think I always, when we were studying journalism, I was drawn to the more long form uh, writers that they introduced us to, like Helen Garner, that yeah. rather than wow. the sort of the thrill of chasing the big mm. foreign correspondent sort of postings. Mm. So that was always more my my passion. I'm seeing a lot of journalists now turn their hand to fiction. You would have seen the same, like yeah, Jane definitely, Harper, yeah. Jane, Chris um, Hammer, Chris Hammer, yep. Trent Dalton. Yes, <laughs> notably. Uh, notably. I mean, and all of them, you know, to great success actually. But I think that that's a completely different discipline, isn't it? I think it's probably the success lies in that they're people who are used to getting words on the page and turning off the critic and just working to a deadline. Mm. It's it's a skill and a, and a process that once you get used to sitting down and, and writing, it's probably the same as writing fiction. It's just getting the words on the page. So mm. I think journalists have that work ethic pretty well ingrained in them. You have to, don't you, because you can't miss a deadline. No, exactly. So yeah. that's where that... You can't miss the paper, the news. No, day. exactly. Whereas fiction writers have a little bit more leniency, mm. but I think that's why they do so well, journalists, coming into fiction writing. Mm. Okay, so tell me, um, it is... Um, one thing wanting to write a book, it's another thing actually doing it. So how did that come about? I agree. I think um, it comes about from being a reader as well. And I think after... Without a doubt. Yeah, I think after reading and being such a huge reader all through my childhood, all through my adulthood, through my career, it's a certain point you think, I think I'm going to, I want to play. Like I want to join in. I want to be a part of this. I, I love. I've never felt that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it might still happen. But, oh, um, not sure. I think it's just a point where you think, okay, I've really, that was always my dream to write a book. And if I don't do it at some point, if I just keep reading, I'll, I won't write. So, and I've always written that when I was a child, I um, published a family newspaper from when I was about nine or 10. I, um, compelling, I'm sure. Compelling trips <laughs> to the dentist, sports results. Yeah. It was yeah. thrilling. Yeah. Um, so I was, always had that urge. Oh, you to, covered every subject I covered, yeah, we had, we had Human a, stories. Yeah, human stories. Sports. Yes, exactly. We had a calendar of events, all yeah. sorts of things. And I charged a, um, a fee, so a subscription fee. Oh, wow. Um, so, so entrepreneurialism as well. <laughs> Business person. Um, but that was that was sort of my intro into just loving writing and I enjoyed reviewing books. I did that for a little while. Um, so and at some point I just thought I, I'm going to write the kind of books that I really like to read. And is this before you worked in the industry? Or no, after? I think working in the industry almost put it on hold a little bit because I'm, I'm sure, as you know, there are so many books and so many fantastic books and that can be a little overwhelming because mm. you think I can't even... I can't even stand up to any of this. This is amazing. So I think that can almost turn on the self-critic a little bit there. So working in the industry almost put that that dream on ice for a little while and I was happy just to be surrounded by other people's stories. Um, but then once I had children and I felt I was sort of removed from that world again, 
I really felt like the creative sort of feeling stepped up again and I really wanted to um, become involved and, and also write the stories that I love to read and, and, and get back into it that way. Mm. We had Dari Fraser in this morning who comes from your um, publishing house as well yeah. and she really, really, um, she told me about writing her first book um, and she was a lot older than um, than you and she said it came about, she'd been thinking about writing, she'd loved reading of course, but she had to nurse her ailing mother mm. and she moved in with her and she needed to give herself another project. That brought me to tears, mm. you know, and I thought isn't that, it's, it's really, and even though it was just a couple of hours ago, I haven't been able to stop thinking mm. about that. And that story really, really um, has sat with me even though it was a couple of hours ago because I thought her moment came later mm. um, and it came because of another circumstance and another situation and that's where you're going with mm. your story, isn't it? It's yeah, just, so she began writing while she was nursing as an outlet or a, yeah, something for herself. while she was looking after her mum. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. I think isn't that beautiful? I think it is a thing. It's like you have, you obviously have one side of your your personality or your need for like creating and nurturing, taking care of, but there's, there's something else too that comes out during that time where there's, mm. you do need something that's just for you. And or, was that for you? How, yeah, how it that's was for when you? I definitely got back into writing was having young children at home and, and when they were sleeping was doing the thing that made me feel really happy and good and which was right, sitting down to write. And I don't think it would have made people happy to read what I was writing at that time. It was practice. purely practice. That yeah. would be a very nice term for it. Yeah. Um, but I think that is, it's all words and practice and it gets you back in the swing and out, out of that you get a few little gems and nuggets and, and suddenly you feel like you're kind of back into it. And what were you writing in that time? I was writing, well, I think we could loosely term it as fiction. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it, was, it was just a big um, sort of outpouring of ideas ideas and, and, and fiction. It was probably a, a book would be a very optimistic term, but that would be the first sort of manuscript that I wrote. And then once that was out of the way, I, I realised that I was doing it completely wrong. And I set about it with a little bit more process and attention to technique and structure and read a lot of uh, writing craft books, because even though I studied literature and worked in the industry, I hadn't ever really studied the craft of writing, which, you know, in a, in a, in a technical sense or in a... Um, a sense of university, like doing a creative writing course. So that was actually quite interesting to come at it from that angle and see mm. that there were all these resources that I had never even... And there really... is a craft. Oh, there, yeah, definitely there is a craft. And I actually realised now that I was so blind when I started and I didn't didn't realise about the craft and, and all the different processes and techniques. So, yeah, that was also a really interesting learning curve. Mm. Um, and so once you felt that you had the craft, that's when you sat down and thought, I'm going to do it? I think for a little while, the craft was almost like another procrastination technique because those books. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It can be quite all-consuming. You can read about one method and another method and um, sort of all sorts of things. So, but well, yeah, I did feel like I had some more tools then, I think, to apply to my writing. And I think that's when it started to become more of a, a manuscript in the true sense. Mm. And so tell me how you approach that. So I have, I do take a different approach um, depending on the day of the week. I mean, there's so many different ways, but I'll often, like sometimes I'll plan things out completely to the letter and then the next draft I'll completely throw it out the window and I'll um, change what I'm doing entirely. Other times I like to just sit down with a character or a setting, setting's really big to me in place, and just let it unfold on the first right through and then come back and apply some of those um, craft sort of like look at the structure, look at the characters, look at um, the plot and what's happening and the themes. So it, it is kind of depends on the day of the week really but it, it, you do feel like you have a more of a toolbox that you mm. can jump back on if, if you need something else. And so I want to know what the difference was, say with this book, The House of Brides versus the first practice of book that you wrote. At one, what point did you know that you had a better manuscript? So I think what happened, I so I'd written two manuscripts previously, which seems to be fairly common to have a couple in the bottom drawer or the the hard hard drive. Um, but I had the second one was the first one I'd sent out to agents and publishers, and I received a, a bit of uh, feedback on that manuscript. Um, and some of it was was really helpful, but a lot of it was have you, what else have you got? And I thought, I haven't got anything else. I've been working on this manuscript for two years. Um, and I couldn't conceive to sit down and start again. I thought it was just such an overwhelming thought when you so worked. what else have you got? Like <laughs> I know, what got else off. have you got? Like I've got a little travelling suitcase filled with other <laughs> yeah. manuscripts. Because it's so easy yeah, to write and it's so quick. And so that was a little bit deflating. Um, but then I thought, well, the idea of, yeah, sitting down to, to produce something else was a little bit overwhelming mm. um so I it's better than getting an all-out blanket well no. I, yeah but that what would almost be got? easier <laughs> because I was like, right well that's done that didn't happen yeah. um so I thought okay well this time just to almost to try and trick myself to get back into writing I thought I'm going to write a book that I really want to read that I really want to write that has all the elements that I love that when I pick up a book in a bookstore and I read these little triggers like, you know, country house or, you know, gothic undertones and um, family secrets, mystery. Like Had this- you read Hannah Ritchell? Yes, 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 and I love her books actually. Isn't and, she a yes, lovely and I yeah. think that, that that's the sort of the Kate Morton. Like, yes. I, that's totally that's all in my wheelhouse. I thought, well, I'm just going to write something like that that I would love to read, and also uh, that was a bit of a nod to some of my favourite books like Jane Eyre and Rebecca. And I was almost just tricking myself. It's like you can do this as a little play, mm. and then you can get back to writing a proper manuscript. So I did that, and after. Um, I can, it just happened to come really easily then when I approached it like that because I was treating it as a little treat for myself um, and all of a sudden I sort of had half a book, then a full book and then I kind of went back around again a, full t- a few times and I thought, okay, this one is, looks more like a book and uh, it, it feels more true to me and, and what 
there was a lot of things in there that felt like were coming directly from me, which I hadn't found in the other manuscripts. So, um, yeah, I felt like there was a little bit more to this one than the previous ones. And then what point did you decide you're going to send it out? Do you have friends that read for you first? Yeah, I definitely have got, I mean, there's some amazing writers, in, especially in Melbourne where I live. We've got a really great group of uh, writers like Sally Hepworth, Lisa oh, Island, Kirsty Manning, yeah. um, who I see, we see regularly and we all read each other's books, give feedback. So for a long time they've like been... like a writer's group. Yeah, it's really yeah. we actually have dinners. Um, there's probably about ten of us and we yeah. have a dinner every f- a few times a year and, and chat. I think that that's such a lovely idea. I, haven't, I mean I know that people do it in different ways but I hadn't heard that um, and it's nice because it can be a really isolating job. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And everyone... And for a long time I was probably the only unpublished author in the group and they were still very welcoming um, and we talked... We, there was always a lot of fun stories as well as the inspiring stories and um, the good and the bad side of writing um, and also just the support and passing around manuscripts and feedback and yeah, sharing ideas. It. And yeah. yeah, it's a really supportive group. So I, as soon as I felt like I wanted to share it, which was quite far into the process we were just talking about, I sent it to Sally first and um, another couple of writer friends, Anna George, and they read it for me and gave me some feedback Um and then so I went back to the drawing board. So it's really nice because you feel like you do have this little safety net of people who will say, keep going mm. or perhaps try this or, you know, the ending isn't really mm. working at all. And their experience. And their experience. I really trust their judgment. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's, that I'm really lucky to have that. Yeah. And then at what point did you think it was ready? So I didn't really think it was ready but... Um, I had an introduction to an agent and I and he offered to read it and let me know what he thought um, and to see what I, he, I could work on. So I, I felt like that was a really good next step to take because I knew it wasn't ready, ready, but I really needed someone to step back and look at it from a really like a point of view from someone who doesn't know me, who has got a very professional opinion. Um, and he was great. He read it. He's based in the US, my agent, Rob Weisbach. He read it. He sent it to a, an editor colleague of his who read it and gave me really um, constructive feedback. So then I was able to go back and work on it again. I mean, there's been so many drafts on this book. Um, and so then I sort of after that process I felt like it had been through another level of examination and, and it was more like a manuscript ready to be looked at. Mm-hmm. And so then he went out and sold it for you? Yes, he did. Yeah, he so did. then after that he said he felt happy to take it on and sell it. So that was a very exciting day. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you feel about I mean, this is it. Are you nervous? Um, I've been nervous for a while, <laughs> a couple, <laughs> maybe about since October last year when uh, it was signed. Yeah. So, yeah, I think nervous is just my was general state. Was it only signed state. in October last year? Uh, maybe, yeah, October or November last year. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So yeah. it must have been in pretty good nick then. Well, yeah, so it went through the um, the process pretty quickly. So, um, yeah, it's, but it's been a, it feels like a long time for me though, the, yeah. the last year. It's not a long time. No, it's not at all. As I know in publishing, yeah. it's not a long time. Okay, so yeah. tell me the story of it. Uh, so I, um, yeah, as I said, I, I, I sent it to him, he gave me some feedback and he said he would, um, Rob would take it out to, to send it to some editors in New York. Which... No, tell me the story of the book. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about that's, that's um, right. The story of the book. Okay. So it's about, as I mentioned before, it is a bit of a jumping off point from books that I've loved like Rebecca and Jane Eyre. And it's the story of a young girl, Miranda, who's in a pretty disastrous position in life. She's hit rock bottom. She is, um, 
come a bit of a it should come to a bad way with uh, being a social media influencer. Um, so she's as we meet her, she's she's not really got any prospects. Uh, she's she's pretty disappointed in how her life has turned out, and she receives a letter from her mother's family in Cornwall, a family that she doesn't know anything much about except from the fact that they've basically exchanged themselves from her mother. Um, and all she knows about her mother really is that her mother wrote a best-selling memoir about her uh, family history and that memoir was called The House of Brides. So Miranda has this relationship through her dead mother which is only really through this other uh, text. Uh, so the letter arrives and it's a cry for help from her mother, mother's family which it turns out to be Miranda's cousin. Um, and Miranda decides to go there because really she doesn't have much else to lose and she also is really interested to see um, what the story is behind her mother's past. But once she arrives at this estate in Cornwall, which is, has been beautifully transformed into a country house hotel, she discovers a, a, current, a more current mystery and lots of secrets and lies and she needs to kind of get to the bottom of, of that before she can even uncover what her mother's story is. And did you had you been to Cornwall? I have, yes, a few times. I've always been very drawn to that whole West Country area of England. I lived in Devon for a year um, when I was uh, 18. Yeah. So I, I was also interested in unpicking that feeling of being an outsider a little bit in a uh, in an English kind of an institution and, and seeing how that when, how a person arrives into a foreign, uh, foreign environment and how that changes their behaviour, how that can also be intimidating. Yeah, it's and very how, different, isn't it? Yeah, how they can kind of, um, how they can be inside of it and outside of it, then they can also see things that perhaps the insiders can't see for themselves. Mm. Um, and so have you started writing another? I, <laughs> Dare I ask? <laughs> I, have. I have, but it's a, it's a very uh, rough draft at this stage. Yeah. So, uh, yes, that is, it's happening but it's been a bit on ice the last couple of weeks but yes I've definitely I'm itching to get back to it to be honest. Well Jane thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you Cheryl thanks for having me. If you'd like more information about Better Reading follow us on Facebook or visit betterreading.com.au. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Belinda Audio. Belinda audiobooks are available on CD and MP3 from online booksellers and bookshops everywhere, or you can download from Audible, Google Play or the iBook Store. We've also created our own app called BorrowBox that's available from both the App Store and Google Play. All you need to do to get it working is to download the app, join your local public library and you'll gain access to the world's best collection of e-books and e-audiobooks available for you to loan on your phone or your personal device. Belinda, we're here to enable you to escape, imagine, grow and be inspired through the power of storytelling. Belinda Audiobooks. Anywhere. Everywhere. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? 
Go stream something new on Hulu. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review and check out the other podcasts on the Better Reading Network.